0: the VitaFoods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the latest science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Heather Granato, Vice President of Content. The global pandemic caused chaos across multiple markets, hitting the supply chain, accelerating changes in workforce and work styles, driving adoption of new tech, and much more. The chaos it caused across the food supplement market was, in many ways, what other industries could have hoped for. Spikes in sales, greater growth across the industry, talk of baseline nutrition and wellness on every website and media outlet around the world. But how do you quantify the impact? The team at Nutrition Business Journal recently released the 2021 Global Supplement Business Report, which is expecting to see global sales of supplements hit $167.49 billion by year's end, about $2.5 billion more than projected just a year ago. As companies look to meet consumer demand, they're navigating their own challenges and opportunities. Joining me today is Rick Polito, the editor-in-chief of NBJ and lead author of the Global Supplement Business Report. He's a trend watcher and nutraceutical industry expert whose commentary and sense of comedy are known across the industry for unique insights and a fresh perspective on the market. Rick, thanks for joining me today.
1: Heather, thank you so much for having us in. I appreciate any chance we have to communicate this way.
0: It's fabulous. Absolutely pleased. So let's dive in. You say in the global dietary supplement market, it's difficult to measure sales and growth and in turn, difficult to predict. So how did you do that in 2021, assess this tremendous growth?
1: Well, I think that there's this ever assumptions that were made early in the pandemic seemed kind of naive right now for many of us. How many people here thought they were going to be back in the office last summer? Some of us are still like me, sitting in a basement, talking to a screen. So there's so many different parts that were hard to predict, but we started to get a better idea on things because NBJ is so deep in the ingredients of this industry we can sort of see where the demand is going there that predicts us what's going to sell at the finished product. So that's part of the NBJ model in our way we bring together these numbers that touches across these different points in the chain that allow us to bring you know, better numbers. But early on, people were scrambling for whatever ingredients they could find. They were buying maybe more than they needed at times. and just trying to chase after every bit. And it made it really hard for us to untangle that and make a solid prediction, especially when things were changing so fast. And God, they keep changing.
0: <laughs> Indeed, they do. It's something else. And certainly, you know, what you're predicting now, I'm going to bet on it, but I'm not going to bet all of my money on it. I'll bet that $2.5 billion additional.
1: I'm just waiting for that variant that gives me rock hard abs and, you know, voracious fine lines and wrinkles. <laughs> it's got to be out there.
0: That's right. So let's dive into some of the specifics of the report. You know, we saw the growth rate in Western Europe was faster than originally expected 7.4% compared to what you had looked at projected 5.7. But it still lagged behind this reported 14.5% growth in the United States. What's behind the disparity in those growth rates?
1: Well, it's a hard thing to really nail down because as Western Europe is not just one market, let's put that out there for starters. But also, I mean, there's the different sales channel mix, the way it came out in the United States, where e-commerce was so established. E-commerce, for all the complaints that many have in the industry about it and its effects, that's what made this possible. That's what made that 14.5% possible. So you had sort of one arena, one playing field with one set of rules. I think in Europe, it was different. There was also this whole mix of different responses to... You know what happened with the virus. You had Italy, and then you had a much more controlled situation in West Germany or Germany. We don't have West Germany anymore, do we? <laughs>
0: well, you have Western and Eastern, but they're all one country. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So forgive me that. So we had all these different responses across there, and also just the market wasn't set up the same way with the sort of clarity that we had in the United States. In the United States just the leading market for a reason because there's so much adoption, so much trial, so many new people coming in and out of the industry. I think it's all those things. What helped drive the difference?
0: Yes, we have seen that innovation and adoption across that US market. So let's turn then to Asia and especially China. So the growth rate in this market was lower than most other markets, even lower than seen as recently as 2017. So maybe you could comment on how China approached the pandemic, how it affected consumer confidence, and even just the sheer scale of the Chinese market.
1: Well, China is so different in its approach to anywhere else. Let's say they have levers of control of the society that are not available in the West. We can't even get people to wear masks in a supermarket in the United States, and people weren't allowed to leave their house on certain days in China. So that ability to sort of tamp down the virus a lot faster and these draconian measures wasn't going to happen anywhere else. So you had that that brought down some of the demands, brought some of the panic off because, you know, the measures were being taken. That didn't allow the virus to spread as widely as it could have. Mm-hmm. The other part of the China is travel has been cut down. So international travel, where people were coming back with products in a sort of side market that happens from international travel, that's mostly disappeared. I think I saw something today that travels down to two percent international travel. So people being able to leave the country and go places. So there's a bunch of different measures there, but I think the biggest one is probably to sort of the confidence that people got from oh this is going to be controlled.
0: Right. So let's look at some of the bigger macro issues including this persistence of the pandemic. You know, we're seeing the emergence of more serious variants. How do you expect that's going to impact the supply chain both on the ground in the fields and production facilities all the way through to shipping, manufacturing and go to market?
1: Well, I think that the initial sort of scramble and panic that seemed to set in where people were chasing about, oh, you got some vitamin C all by that? That seems to have subsided. But I think that the costs and complications haven't gone away at all. People are talking about shipping costs being up six times what they were before. Everybody's seen the footage of those boats bobbing in the ocean off of Long Beach Harbor. You know, that's going on all over the place. So I think the supply chain thing has not been figured out. I think it's getting better. What we're hearing is it's starting to get better, and part of that's just certain companies are starting to figure out how to make it get better. I don't know if all the bumps are being evened out at all. It's not running smoothly anywhere, <laughs> and it's not going to start running smoothly tomorrow. You have something here that's showing us just how interconnected everything is. How you know plastics in India could be you know facing how much bottles cost in Western Europe bottles was one of the biggest things that surprised everybody you can't get containers to put your supplements in so all of this is showing for longer lead times for new product development people who are used to calling a contract manufacturer and having maybe having some bottles a few weeks later are now looking at months of lead time all the innovation has been turned towards immunity so i don't know how much is eaten up there how tired people are going to be of immunity when this is ever going to be over you know where's that rock hard abs variant we're waiting for coming
0: But I think there is, but there is
1: a huge thing that's just like I said, from bottles and caps that slows down some new products, but shipping costs, delays, people trying to figure out just basic logistics that weren't the challenge they are now.
0: So do you expect this is going to have a long-term impact, these supply chain and shipping type challenges? We had this just-in-time ordering for so long, and now it's, boy, maybe you need to stockpile in for three to six months because you're not sure whether they're going to get those ships out of the harbor.
1: I think that will vary so much by company. I mean, a lot of people are just going to be short-term. They're not thinking past the next quarter. There's other companies that will be thinking, These long-term relationships that we've built over years, they served us well. Let's get more of those, or let's strengthen those. So I think it's going to be a very, very mixed bag for how long this effect is, because some people took lessons here and be ready for the next one. People who didn't are not. And of course, there's costs associated with either of those strategies. My bet would be, yes, there's some long-term, and there's some new relationships built, and there's some new systems, and there's some new diversification of uh, sources.
0: So finally, can we turn to consumers themselves? You know, they're buying more supplements in more markets, but how are they buying? And you alluded to this earlier, this rise of online shopping and tech that's affecting the market. What does this mean for the future of supplements at retail?
1: Well, it depends on how you define retail. My thoughts are the future is, of course, going to be a subscription model. Where one of the biggest challenges for this industry has always been getting people to keep taking their supplements. But maybe if their supplements keep showing up on their doorstep, they will. And everybody won't have a half dozen bottles of stuff they just started and then never finished off with. So I think e-commerce is going to be a big thing. I think subscription is going to be an increasingly large part of it. Some companies have figured that out. I don't think anybody has laced that in with tech as well as they could. You have some of the personalization like companies like Care of or Persona that have apps, but you don't see very many other people showing reminders, showing a way to integrate this into you know, a lifestyle, as we always say. So I think that there's the Civics is going to more stay on the shelf in stores. No one's planning on having you know, an upset stomach next July, but I can tell you how many multivitamins I'm going to need next July.
0: Of course, you know, if you actually did get people to order their multivitamins on a regular basis, imagine what we could do with continued growth across the entire supplement market.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the things from the pandemic is showing that immunity is not just something you take when you feel sick. It's something you take to keep from feeling sick. That's why was all that growth, which is slacked off, of course, is you can't grow like that forever in Immunity, but the general wellness is going to be the long term beneficiary of this because what's the best way to stay healthy is to be healthy in the first place. So I think there's a lot of Opry that comes out that this lingering, we're not going to see, you know, this huge growth rates that we did, but we're going to see them from this much larger base.
0: Lots of opportunities ahead of us for the future. Thank you, Rick, and thank you to our listening audience. You can order the full 2021 Global Supplement Business Report online at store.newhope.com. We've got information in the show notes to link directly. And for more information, to follow the VitaFoods Insights podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to check the show notes that will allow you to link to the information discussed in today's podcast, as well as any sponsorship opportunities. Be sure to stay tuned, subscribe, and even suggest to a friend.